You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. This bar is tended by the founders of the American Association of Whiskey Peeps. The statue-loving historian himself, Trico, brings you the facts one indictment at a time. Foxy Babe's staff keeps the boys in line. And of course, the color man, Big Dev, and his old Roman mind. So fill your glass with rye and raise it up on high, because this is your shot of history. Hello and welcome back to Shot of History. I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm the color man, Big Dev, back. I know. I, we did all those shows without you. <laughs> yeah. It was like really weird. Yeah. Four four whole weeks of no Big Dev. I know. And those are the only shows that I've actually listened to. <laughs> <laughs> well, and today we are missing our historian, Trico. Yep. Uh, he's, he's got a sore throat. Sucking all that dick. (laughs) (laughs) So as as our stand-in for for Trico, we have Dave. I just I've noticed that whenever you guys have something randomly go wrong and I happen to be here (laughs) doing stuff, suddenly I'm here. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, well, first of all, well, it's never a bad time. We're we're like the coolest, and then second of all. I mean, we're talking about super cool history stuff. You're going to yeah. learn some cool things. And uh, there's booze. There's, there's yeah. humor. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I was, I was here for the pubic war discussion. It's always a good time. <laughs> the history of the pubis? <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I think it was in the 80s. And it yeah. was Playboy versus Penthouse, if I recall correctly. It, was, yeah. <laughs> it started in the 70s, though, because that 70s Bush yeah. was like... <laughs> Oh. Well, but the war didn't start yeah. until the 80s because <laughs> right, right. that's yeah. They had to like figure out which way they were going to go yeah. and the whole thing was crazy. So today I'm going to be the historian. Yay. And it's been a while since I've done a, like yeah. I've led a conversation. I, I usually don't have time to research stuff. But I mean, I, normally you unintentionally lead the conversation because Trico's sitting over there struggling, but. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I grab my cell phone and I just try to yeah. pull things up as fast as I can to stop him from drowning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like to try and help my friends. It's a good quality. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but today I actually did research. Um, we're going to talk about the history of tattoos. And I got to, there's going to be several other shows that talk about this, but specifically, um, I bought two books. And the book that I did the research on um, for this show is called Bodies of Subversion A Secret History of Women and Tattoo by Margot Mifflin. Um, it came out like quite some time ago, but this is like a new version with more pictures and like more updated information. So um, it talks about basically women um, starting in, like, Europe. It doesn't go as far back as the history of tattooing because that's been happening since, like, indigenous tribes, like, before. This goes back to, like, when it was uh, probably becoming a a subculture for women in in Europe. Right, yeah. Yeah. So it starts off, like, in the 1800s -hmm. um, in Europe, and then it goes from there. I was not able to read the entire book, but I have so many notes just off of the first, like, fourth of the book (laughs) that I feel like I felt confident coming in here and doing at least one to two shows on this. So we're going to see where this takes us. I like it. We're talking about tattooed ladies. I mean, 
I, I be... wish I had a uh, account on Suicide Girls, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's some, there, in this book, there's a lot of um, photos. There's some really cool, um, like, older ones from the 1800s, and then they have a lot of modern, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. you can see here, like, there's just, like, a lot of modern stuff because it takes it, like, up until, um, you know, like, I think 2000, around 2000. So you get to see, like, kind of how things change. Um through pictures and obviously through the telling of the story. Nice. <laughs> so nice. it's kind of cool. I'm excited. Um, but we're going to start off. Well, in- and obviously a, an area of interest for you because, I mean, as, as everybody who knows you knows, you yes. do have great tats. I, I love tats. I said that right. I'm so tats. happy. Yeah. I was yeah. really worried. I was like, he's going he's gonna <laughs> to throw, throw it under the bus here real quick. <laughs> Wait, nope, nope. He recovered. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, I have great tits too, yeah. but you know, that's not what we're talking about today. Um, right. We're going to do a shot a before shot. we get started. Yes. Uh, I'm drinking this hand-selected barrel is it, it's like isn't it like a single barrel? It's small single batch. barrel crown. Mm. Yeah. Okay. It's very delicious. I'm very excited that Dave is sharing it with me. God God bless the guys at the liquor store up yeah. the street because they know what I buy. And so they're like, hey, just you know, we've got we this. found a way that we could get this stuff. And I'm like, all right. So like yeah. every week I've been like, Did you get it yet? They're like, No, man, no, like two it's, weeks, two it's weeks. Com- it's like and then it's like secret. and I walked in last week and they were like and they're like, wait, wait, wait. And they go running out of the room. They come running out. They're like, we've got it. <laughs> Those guys love Dave. Yes. <laughs> Dave's there like every other I'm week. I'm sure <laughs> I've helped pay their mortgage yeah. <laughs> ever since we moved in here. I'm, I'm quite sure. Right. Oh, right. Sure. Well, cheer- what are you drinking? I am drinking uh, Traverse City Whiskey Company uh, straight bourbon. I got it as a uh, as a gift from, uh, from Andy for uh, DJing his wedding. Oh, very cool. So, Well, cheers. Cheers. Ooh. This is like the kind of whiskey you can sip. You don't even have to do not, it as a shot. Not that you do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was the last time when I was recording my other show True. on the way station, I was sipping it because it just has like, it's just the, the flavor is amazing. Good job, Crown. I love you anyway, but this is, this is fantastic. Ah, so anyway, let's, let's get to these tattooed ladies. Um, well, I mean, nowadays it's not such a weird thing to see women with tattoos like and they're kind of in mainstream culture and that that really started when Mattel did the 40th anniversary Barbie and they tattooed her she had like tattoos on her and that was in like 1999 and I think that's where a lot of people say like that's where tattoos hit like such a mainstream because Barbie's like this cultural icon and to have her be tattooed um, as, as was a it a, was female, it a, a lower back tattoo? I, you know what? I haven't seen pictures of it. I was going to Google it. So maybe, you know, if anybody has a chance to Google the 40th anniversary or the 40th you birthday. You can't put a tramp stamp on Barbie. No, you most certainly can. I mean, well, you could. <laughs> well, you could. I just think, yeah, I don't think that they would have done it. It's probably like an arm or like, you know, maybe a leg. We'll see. Um, I'm researching right now as cool. we speak. I'll keep talking and you let me know when you find it. Um, and then we also have, like, you know, Kat Von D, who is probably the most prevalent uh, female tattooist in the world right now. I mean, I think she's she's got skill. I think she's way better at marketing herself than than oh, anything because yeah. I know that there's a lot of other fantastic female um, tattoo artists that I, I personally think are better. Not saying she's not good. So she's the <laughs> apple of tattoo artists? <laughs> hey, I love apples. That's kind of the I only mean, fruit I, mean, I eat. No, I meant the company. 
Oh, yeah. Apple. I thought you meant like Apple like, as in fruit. Like as no, in like as in not, Jobs. not the best product, but, <laughs> but hella marketing. Oh, yeah. No, she's definitely, and she, you know, she has her own makeup line and all that crap. Um, and there's like different waves. Um, it, it kind of coincides with the, the feminist waves. Um, there was the first wave feminism like in the late 19th century. That was the first craze of women starting to get tattoos. And then... The suffragettes in the 20s was like the second resurgence of tattoos in women. And the 70s brought female tattoo artists to the forefront. Like, it made them, you know, more prevalent. And it wasn't such a... So it wasn't so stigmatized, I guess, right, by right. then. Um, have you found anything yet? Um, I'm looking through. I'm, I can't tell if this is... Stuff that people have homemade fan art. Yeah, <laughs> use a sharpie. They're like, well, so there's there's definitely varying quality. <laughs> I'm guessing this is probably the one that they officially released. I'm not sure, but it looks like she's got the like the cowl tattoo going on. Well, okay, this is this is done by Tokidoki. Oh, that's so a different one. So this is um out of Japan. This is probably a newer thing, but this she looks great. Barbie's got it going yeah. on. Love the pink hair <laughs> and the she's got like the flowers up on her neck. Like that is really right, cute. Right, 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 right. When I find when we find the actual pictures, we'll post them on our uh, shot of history Facebook page so y'all can see it. But um it wasn't until like 1939, um, when television became a thing, they had their first televised beauty contest. And Betty Broadbent, who I'm going to get a little bit more into as we go on, was the first um, tattooed, like heavily tattooed, not like a little tattoo. She was covered from her mm-hmm. neck to her ankles in tattoos. Oh, okay. So she was, she was, um, in this beauty contest, obviously she didn't win because <laughs> at this time that was not a traditional standard of beauty. Right, right. Um, but they let her in, and I thought that was pretty epic. Um, but we're going to go back to um, 1882. Uh, the first woman who got into doing, like, sideshow mm-hmm. work um, was Nora Hildebrandt. And they call them tattooed circus ladies because there, there was two different things that they would do. They would travel with circuses and they would also go to museums and people would come to museums to like kind of stare at them and like, mm-hmm. you know, like ask, like they could like touch them. They used to get studied by scientists and like sociologists. Um, it's kind of oh, an interesting. What's wrong with you? So for what it's worth, the official Mattel Barbie had a pink butterfly around her belly button. Yeah, oh, the butter, butterfly terrible. art Barbie. That yeah. Tokidoki one was way cuter. Yeah. Well, and they also sold a Ken doll that came with temporary tattoos that you could put place on him. Did, did it, was oh. it like the barbed wire to go around oh, his belly? Probably set? the the <laughs> tribal tattoos. Yeah, and there was a Barbie totally styling tattoos yeah, that was yeah, released. Yeah. That had basically the equivalent of like, you know, press on tattoos and it was like cupcakes and stars. <laughs> that and makes me happy though, because it's showing people that it's okay to be tattooed. Yeah. It's showing young girls that you can be what you want to be and right. you don't have to worry about it. Oh, well, it was I mean, it was probably let's see, that's ninety nine, so you probably have a lot of parents trying to explain to their kids the horrible back tattoo that they have. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I I have a back tattoo. I'm not saying your back tattoo is bad. It's I'm not just saying. horrible. But at the same time, am I going to get it revamped and made into something different? Absolutely I am. It was my first tattoo. It looks good. It's just now that I'm yeah. a little bit more grown up, 
I have a way better idea, and I can cover it super easy. So, so and it's available for thirty four dollars from Amazon.com. Oh man, I'll still I, find there it. we go. I might, I might need to get it just you know to put it. I used to want to have a fish tank filled with Barbie dolls. <laughs> a fish tank filled with Barbie dolls. Yeah, but like I was gonna do weird things to them. Oh, and you can buy the Tokido one uh, for fifty bucks. Hmm. Also, that on might be worth it because she's kind of she's kind of styling. I was gonna say that one. I don't play with definitely dolls way better, anymore, but you know. Um, so yeah, Nora Hildebrandt, um, she was tattooed by her husband and I have his name here. I have so many notes, so I apologize if this sounds a little convoluted. The book itself is very good, but it jumps around a lot. And so it was really hard to take, um, like linear notes. Right. So if I jump around a lot, just know that that's how I read, like the book is written. (laughs) Yeah. I'm Um, I'm sure it has something more to do with like trying to tie in modern experience with like an older take on why, this was weird and like design lineage yeah, and that and kind of stuff. There was like these. Um, okay, so there was Nora Hildebrandt, and then there was Irene Woodward, and they came out um, basically right around the same time. Mm-hmm. Now, um, Irene was beat to the museums and the circus, you know, uh, circuit by Nora by just a few weeks. Okay, so they were like really. Close at the same time. Um, and at the time, like if you joined like a sideshow or something like that, it was popular to say like you had to have a backstory of why you had so many tattoos. Right. And they would often say that they had been kidnapped by savages <laughs> and that that was like something that ha- that was done to them. It was against their will because to be a proper woman, you can't have chosen right, to get right. all these tattoos. I mean, we're talking about the late you know 1800s. And so they had these backstories. So Nora, who was tattooed by her husband, lied and said that her father did it to her as a means of torture. Um, Her husband ended up opening up the first uh, American street shop in New York. He did a lot of work for a lot of these other women that I'm going to be talking about. Um, So we're talking about, like, the first generation of, like, tattoo shops and – the first, the, and actually, we're going to talk about the person who created the tattoo gun, which is one of the men that was oh, okay. married to yeah, one yeah. of these women. So there's there's a lot going on here. Yeah. Um, so not only do you have these women that are getting tattoos done, kind of on the DL, but they're making up stories, and then the people that are giving them tattoos are also setting up this subculture of like, will willingly do these tattoos, knowing the repercussions of doing them. Right. And because they were men, it was okay. Because at this time, I mean, sailors were getting tattooed. And even, it was still a little taboo for men to be getting tattooed, but not like on the same level as women. Women are supposed to be proper and, you know, never do, you can't fart because you're a woman, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Don't ever do anything bad. Um, So the difference between Nora and Irene was that Irene had a longer career. Nora wasn't as good looking as Irene was. And so they, and by good looking, we're talking about 1800 standards. Okay. Let me just be honest with you. I've seen these pictures. Yeah. Neither one of them was like hit or anything, but right. by our standards, it would just be like, okay, one of them's kind hotter. Of, kind than of the frumpy. Other. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> how do we judge this? <laughs> no offense. These women yeah. were pioneers, even right. though they lied. But right. uh, <laughs> so um, they would tour museums and they'd be like poked and prodded by. Uh, doctors and scientists and, you know, people would come and look at them like, you know, they were a freak show. And mm-hmm. a lot of them ended up joining the circus um, as like a primary goal to make money. Right. Um, once Nora and Irene came out, 
a lot of other women kind of followed because they realized during this time, like, you know, the late 1800s, early 1900s, women were trying to make money. And this seemed to be like an easy way to make money. Right. Um, without having to like have a skill. You just, or you, sell you, your. I was going to say, so prostitution was yeah. out by this time? Uh, or, or sell your stuff. They weren't ready for that, but they were ready to get yeah. needles from their neck to their ankles. I mean, over the course of just a couple of years. Okay, I've been working on this for like seven or eight years. Like I can't imagine getting my whole body done over the course of like three or four so, years. So were a lot of these early tattoos mostly black and white or were Yeah, they, they were done with Indian ink and okay. needles. Kind of like, you know, they do it in prison. Right. You know, they, they break a pen and, right. you know, stab it in yeah. there. Um, <laughs> I watched Oz. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so like um, Irene Woodward is kind of like the biggest icon of the 1800s. She died in 1915 and there's apparently like 38 wax figures of her in Europe. Um, and, you know, she was kind of like a big deal back then. Um, kind, kind of a big deal. <laughs> kind of a big deal. Um, but like I was saying before, um, you know, sailors were kind of the first to come out with, you know, having all these tattoos. Um, there's a question of whether or not, like, this is brought on by industrialization, like the fact that people had to find, like, which is weird because... In, during industrialization, people had more options for jobs, mm-hmm. but these women were choosing instead of working, you know, in a factory or doing something like that to get their bodies distorted and try to. Become, oh, I, I mean, they wouldn't have had a whole lot in in terms of job options. It was like working in a loom factory or. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> well, I was gonna say up until about like World War Two or probably right. World War One. World War One, I yeah, think you, was like you would assume. Yeah, I mean, it was. It was yeah. The men went to work. Right. Tech, yeah, they basically work, worked <laughs> in textile factories. Home. Yeah. I mean, that's that that was their jobs other than potentially tattening up their body and right. making money off of that. Yeah, well and they, and they saw that like um cuz some of these men, uh these sailors were going to the museums and getting paid like $1000 a week. Right. Which is way like a ton of money at that time. They were getting paid a thousand dollars a week to display That's like their tattoos. That's decent money now. I know. Like I want to get inked and make a thousand dollars a week and have people just poke <laughs> and prod me. Like I'm fine with I that. I think that brings us right back to Suicide Girls, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a whole other thing. Po- poked and prodded, yes. I, I mean, I don't really um, want to get poked and prodded in that kind of way. <laughs> um, but I think that's what inspired a lot of these women to. Um, do things like this instead of like trying to find a traditional job that they could have found for themselves. Um, so they started off like doing the museum thing. It led the way um, to the circus side show. Um, Actually, there's a good follow up question. So was this, and I guess this would probably fit into the whole working demographic. Was it mostly younger women that were doing this? Mostly older women that were doing this? Younger or? women. Um, a, a lot of them started like uh, one of the ones that I'm going to get to um, as we go through, she was 17. She was like a nanny or something. And she, well, that's old back then. She decided that's, at 17 yeah. and like over the course of the yeah, year. Yeah, she was going to be dead in 20 years anyway. Yeah. She was like, <laughs> she, at 17, she left home, got tattooed, and just joined the the freak show circuit. Yeah. And Literally, I'm going to run away and join the circus. Yes. yes. I feel amazing. like this is where that came from because this happened a lot apparently in, you know, during this time. So, um, yeah, so the, there's a circus sideshow aspect where the women ended up going to these things because they made more money mm-hmm. because they'd be touring and they'd have, like, you know, a set amount of shows. Um, 
and more people were attracted to going to the sideshows to see them because they were dressed a little bit more scantily clad. And by scantily clad, I mean they were like it's not really scantily they showed clad. Elbow. Yeah. At, at some point, a, tube, a tube top and underwear, basically. Right. Depending on how much of their body was covered, I'm, I'm assuming. And they would do kind of like a reveal. Like, they would come out fully dressed, and they would do kind of like a reveal. Like, mm. they would take off a sleeve, and then another so, uh, sleeve. So, peep show. Yeah, but they would never... So, so kind of burlesque Yeah, yeah. But, like, so much more appropriate than, like, a burlesque show would be now. Like, where somebody just comes down to pasties and a thong <laughs> or whatever it might be. Right. Um, they were still pretty covered. And so there was a well, big draw nobody's getting their areolas tattooed <laughs> back then, I'm sure, because it wasn't... I'm sure it wasn't very... Uh, very uh, Hygienic? Yeah. Safe? Sanitary? <laughs> yeah. uh, stop me when I hit the right word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All those words. <laughs> I just... I don't know why people do it now. It just sounds really painful. Like, yikes. But, you know, teach their own. You gotta get that right shade of pink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, and one of the great things about these women was that it wasn't, like, about a feminist agenda. It wasn't about pushing sexual boundaries. It was just um, trying to be accepted in the middle class, which is why they made up these lies about how they got the tattoos. Well, I'm sure some of this does lead into, like, a sexual revolution because, you know, they're becoming a little bit more free with their bodies. Well, yeah, they're definitely showing, you know, they're showing off a little bit more than they probably would have a while ago. (laughs) Um, You know, so in uh, 19 or 1891 was the invention of the tattoo machine, which made it more available. Mm -hmm. And it drew in like, uh, like all sorts of shops started like blossoming at this time because there was like, they were being overrun because now Mm -hmm. instead of having to sit there forever and just get like poked with, you know, like double, triple needles, they had this, you know, tattooing machine. Um, another, see, and this is why I'm saying this is convoluted because uh, we're going back to Irene Woodward again. Um, she had a backstory as well, mm-hmm. and her backstory was that she was tattooed by her father again. I don't know, like what what was it with like the tattooing by their fathers? Um, it's kind of strange. That seems a little sketchy. It's like <laughs> so it's okay to talk about your father abusing you by tattooing you, but it's not okay. And it goes further in because like there's like talk of savages and like other things, you know. Well, so and that, like that was kind of my question with the whole like sailors and and that whole thing. Like did some of that and I and I know you're sticking more with modern history, but it would seem to me that some of that might have come from, and it would be logical if it did, that the sailors were the ones that were winding up on these islands with, say, mm-hmm. the Maori tribes and, and those guys that had been doing this for hundreds and thousands of years. Right. Hey, that's cool. And, well, let's be honest, they were white, and yeah. us white people do have a history of cultural appropriation. Right, right. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do that. The history of, <laughs> the history of tribal tattoos. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we'll get there because I have an yeah. entire book, and it's a, it's an actual. It's like something that a historian wrote. Right. Right. So it, it and it's very weird because it throws you right into it without any explanation of the tribes or anything. It's just like this tribe did this to their young women, and da da da. Like it's yeah. so it's very dry. It's hard to get through. That's why I decided to start with right. this and like kind of ease my way in. Yeah. But um, back to the the father thing. I'm I'm guessing part of that was they wanted to. Uh, distance themselves from their from their lives prior to this because you know 
people probably back then are like, well, who's, whose dad would allow them to do this? You know, right. Who's, who's, whose dad or mother allows Bad a parenting. pregnant pro- Yeah. So <laughs> if you say, well, my dad did this, did this to me as a form of torture, then you're like, they're like, oh, you know, it's bad stock to begin with. Right. Well, and it's all kind of connected here talking about um, the first uh, tattoo machine because Woodward was in fact tattooed by Samuel O'Reilly, the tattoo machine inventor, and his soon-to-be-famous apprentice, Charlie Wagner, who ended up marrying another um, sideshow tattooed yeah. woman, um, which I'll get to again. Um, so the the first tattooed woman that had a legit uh, story about being forced to be tattooed yeah. um, was Olive Oatman, and she was taken by Indians. Uh, the... Yavapai or Yavampi? I can't. Mm-mm. I can't read my own writing, so I'm not. That's not an indictment. <laughs> I just can't read my own writing. So um, I can't prove nor deny. <laughs> yeah, I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> so it, it's probably wrong the way that I pronounced it. Um, and she was traded to uh, the the Mohaves, the Mojave Indians, who tattooed blue lines on her and her sister's chins. Um, there was no tribal symbolism there. Um, it was just meant to enhance features. And um, she, w- she ended up being returned um, to the U.S. Army, and her sister didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, something happened where her sister didn't make it. Um, and at first she went along with the story that she was their slave, and they forced her, but um, the, the Mohaves did not ever um, tattoo slaves. They only tattooed family. So okay. eventually, like, it came out that, I mean— these Indians like basically thought of her and her sister as their family. And ah. she, her and her sister felt like their family, like they were treated right, right, really, right. really well. Um, but she went along with it because she was afraid of the stigma because right. during this time, again, it's not, you couldn't ever be tattooed because you wanted to be, or you couldn't be tattooed because you were part of an Indian tribe's family right, because, right. you know, savages and all. <laughs> God, it's so, it's, it's just so sad. So basically, um, she backs this book being written that she didn't actually write. That somebody, It was like a ghostwriter mm-hmm. that was talking about, you know, her trials and tribulations while she was taken, you know, by the Indians. <laughs> and um, she went on to, like, give book tours and speaking at schools to young girls. So she really went down. this. I mean, she did because she, <laughs> she would, but, but she honestly, it's, from what I read, she seemed very fearful that she would never be accepted by, because she had been taken away from her family very young. I don't even know if she was ever brought back to her family. They didn't really explain that in the book. So she might have just been on her own. <laughs> and her fear, I feel like, is very genuine because people are very judgmental, especially when it comes to the bodies of women. Right. Um, no. I, I know, right? <laughs> so um, I think, you know, Let's she... Let's just take she, a walk down the uh, recent Twitter memory lane of the Republican Party. <laughs> uh, right. Oh, my God. It's like, you, you can look... The writing's on the wall literally everywhere. Facebook walls, yes. Twitter's all the walls. So... Um, she didn't. She didn't go the whole route of doing the circus sideshow thing. She yeah. like tried to do it properly because, I think that was her way of trying not to make it so like. She's trying sensationalized, to sensationalized. Yeah. You know, like because she knew in her head exactly what had right. happened. Y'all um, be tripping over nothing. Right. <laughs> 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 um. 
So, yeah, I mean, she was the first one that actually had the backstory that fit, um, but then didn't really use it in the way that the other women had right, as sensational right, right. journalism and to get people to come pay their, like, their bitcoins or whatever. Right. So, like, <laughs> their see bitcoins. them. <laughs> Hey, it's probably two bits, not Bitcoin. I'm just going to go with Bitcoins because I still don't know what they are, and they could have existed forever, as far as I'm concerned. They're monopoly money that only exists on the internet. I'm sorry, do you then take uh, tap pay? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, oh, and another great just thing: some guy standing there just tapping it out of tits. It's like, come on. Take my money. Where, like, I, where exactly would I swipe this card? Yeah. Well, uh, in Family Guy, when uh, Quagmire swipes it down her butt yeah, do you, yes. yes. Do you take credit? Yes. <laughs> uh, so the circus that, that a lot of these women went to was Barnum and Bailey's, which is like the biggest, most prominent circus, and in, in at least in our history, I don't know about the world. I know that they traveled the world and you know did shows like all over, but. Um, there was another team, there's a brother and sister team, um, Annie and Frank Howard, that were part of Barnum and Bailey's act. And um, they also used the kidnapping story as well, but they were tattooed by um, Frank, who was one of the guys that was working with the um, yep. tattoo gun, uh, Martin Hildebrandt, which is um, Hild uh, Mrs. Hildebrandt's husband. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then. Um, and other people, and then Annie was tattooed by O'Reilly and and her brother, who was also her hubby. Apparently, they weren't mm. brother and sister. <laughs> they just used that as a ploy. So um, there was there's a lot of history, and like I said, this is a little convoluted because this is kind of how it was given to me. Um, where and I was saying like you know Woodward, um, Irene Woodward, she succeeded more because she was more attractive, mm -hmm. and what ended up happening. Um, uh, with uh, Hildebrandt was that she ended up like gaining weight and um, it was I think off-putting <laughs> even then when women gained weight it was very off-putting and I mean her tattoos were gorgeous Yeah. Um, and I'll show you guys pictures. Was that a smiling kabuki mask or a frowning kabuki mask? <laughs> I don't know. It used to be a smile and now it's a frown. Yeah. <laughs> it's called gravity, motherfuckers. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um so she ended up kind of uh, going off into obscurity where Woodward, um, Irene Woodward is kind of like the icon of that, that generation. Yeah. Um, and she, she was really cute and she had these really fantastic tattoos. I can't believe these women sat through that. I mean, again, I'll show you these pictures when we yeah, take, yeah. you know, after the show. But, um, yeah, it was kind Especially of. Especially if you're talking like prior to the tattoo gun mm -hmm. where it's like. Needles on a stick, like that was one way of doing it where it was the, the tap method, which was more of the, the tribal method of actually right. like tapping the design in. That doesn't look pleasant. I've I've watched guys that have many tattoos try to get a traditional tribal design and they just like wince at the pain because it's it's just terrible. And I could see that. Yeah. I, I have no desire. I don't feel like I have to, like, legitimize my tattoos <laughs> by getting a traditional type of tattoo. Right, right. I just like them. I think they're pretty. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's it's my body. I do what I want. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I have a lot more on this, but I yes. think maybe we should. I think we should definitely split it into we'll, two we'll shows. We'll split it into two shows. Yeah. And um, so. So is it, are you saying it's time to. Pop out the plugs. <laughs> 
Uh, all right. They had, they had to keep reminding me to yeah. do that. Because <laughs> he had to be you. Because yeah. none of us can do that. I was like, really, I'm like this, this is Dev's big skill? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's that what I bring to the table. He also brings bourbon cookies, cookies yes, to right. the table, bourbon, which is yeah. a very great skill. And his cupcakes are out of this world. So he has a lot of skills. Damn it. Uh, all right. So I guess I'll go first. Uh, right. Since Trico's not here, I'll plug the website, shotofhistory.com. Yeah. Um, you can go there and there's a bunch of links to our stuff where you can join Audible and get some stuff for your uh, for your listening eyes. I feel terrible yeah. saying that. <laughs> I, well, it's kind of our thing, though. Yeah. I think it sounds amazing. Um, I love it. <laughs> which uh, I actually did download Audible, and I'm listening to Dune on Audible because I've never read it. Oh my god, you are and in it's the for full such a cast case. reading. So I'm. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> Have you started it yet? I'm. I think I'm on chapter. Four. It's 2017. I've never read it. I've, I've not even watched Dune. the movie. I am so excited yes. for you right now, Dev. When you are done, um, when you're done yeah. listening to it, can we please discuss yes. it? Because yes. it's one of my it. all-time favorites. Dave is like, staring me down uh, hardcore because I've never read Dune. <laughs> this, that's like f- for like geek perspective. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. That's right up there with. I don't know if you ever went back and looked like yeah. when Bob revealed that he had never seen The Godfather. <laughs> not watched The Godfather either. <laughs> oh, we're, we're going to have some issues. There's going to be a tussle in front of Podcast Detroit. Like we gave him, I gave him shit. Yeah. Week. After week, week, after week, yeah. for literally and three so months. He until he, and he was like, he was like, dude, I, I watched The Godfather and like, I get it now. Like, now I understand The Sopranos and, and I understand Scarface. And I understand, I'm like, why do you think I've been telling you? Yeah. But anyways, things. yes. So audible.com, uh, uh, historytees.net. Net. Yeah, mm-hmm. historytees.net. Go there, get some sweet, sweet T-shirts. <laughs> it was a very nice trike uh, impression there. Uh, hashtag like all trike. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then for my personal plugs, uh, always fuck Steve. And, <laughs> uh, you know, listen to Snake Oil Comics because Snake Oil History currently is still on hiatus. And I'm sure... Uh, Ellie's not happy about that, <laughs> uh, but you know, with oh, that whole sound horror, is yeah, that still going on? That's that's the one that's on hiatus right now. Oh, so, you said yeah. history. Snake oil history, whatever. This show is not okay. on hiatus. <laughs> I was like, you guys have a history show too. No, this, this is a conflict of interest. I keep I keep trying to get Trico to come into the web, <laughs> um, but no, uh, we've got. Uh, yeah, that that shows on hiatus. Uh, hopefully, it's coming back soon. Now that we're sure that SoundCloud isn't going to die. <laughs> nice. That that uh, I I really can't wait to have that conversation on our show Monday night. People are so stupid, so <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, I mean they've they've got their their infusion of money. They're going to be around for a while. So there, it was a little touch and go. Can I no, can I run through my thing real yeah. quick? So here's the deal. Midroll is like our big ad agency yep. that we deal with. The only platform they are integrated with is SoundCloud. Right. Not Spreaker, not Podbean, yep, yep. not anything. So then uh, Scripps bought mm-hmm. Midroll. Yep. Then Discovery bought Scripps. So mm-hmm. now there's giant bags of money laying around. Oh, yeah, yeah. So my whole thing is they're just watching SoundCloud freefall until so they, they buy swoop it. In. Because yeah. then you own content, advertising, marketing, and distribution. Yeah. 
That's like the holy grail. That's, yeah, that's and more pretty much point, exactly what happened. <laughs> in, through all of this, not once did an email, phone call, memo, text, yeah. carrier pigeon, anything come right. out from mid-roll going, just in, even just, just in, in case, case, here's what you should do. Right. No. So I'm like, yeah, no, I'll worry. No. When they yeah, say yeah. I need to worry about it, I'll worry I'll, about I'll it. I'll worry about it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, the the snake oil horror guys were worried about it. <laughs> but anyway, that's neither here nor there. But uh, yeah, as always, again, fuck Steve. <laughs> Well, for my plugs, I'm going to plug stephaniemenard.com for all your Stephanie Menard needs. I don't know what those really needs may be. Well, I mean, most of them. <laughs> it, it depends on how much money you want to deposit into my PayPal. Uh, <laughs> Next week, Stephanie will be setting up a Patreon, and the top tier will be $700. And, 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 and suddenly there's video cameras in all the studios. <laughs> there we go. Um, also, I want to give a shout out to my friend uh, Mara Powell, who is directing um, this short film that I'm in called Cannabis Cannibals. It's very campy. It's very John Waters. It's very... Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we filmed over half of it. We have probably about 20, well, like two-thirds. So we're going to be finishing up filming on the 20th. So very excited. As soon as awesome. I have, like, the super bloody, gory pictures, you know I'm <laughs> posting them on Facebook. So nice. look out for those. Um, I will post those on my Instagram and my Facebook and my Twitter and all those fun places. So uh, definitely check that out. And Psychopath 3 is in... Um, colors right now so hopefully uh september that's got my fingers crossed for september uh monroe comic-con okay cool that's 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 the hope so we'll see what happens nice Dave. Oh, hey, I Plug yeah, I always stuff, read this Dave. part. Um, and, and obviously, podcast Detroit. Uh, we we have our Ooh. new studio open downtown. Uh, we did our open Which house. Which was first revealed on the show. It was actually. Mm-hmm. Um, we did the open house down at uh, DSDT on Thursday night, along with a podcaster meetup, and it was friggin' phenomenal. We had so many people. It was show up. sweaty as hell in there because oh there were so many people. <laughs> well, Seriously, and they didn't just us. boob sweat yeah. for days. Not just me, like all the dudes in there too. Well, <laughs> Um, Bob's a big dude. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's kind of cool. We've got, it's easily our biggest studio. It is the most acoustically dead studio. We've got the green screen video, all that crap down there. It's also the studio that smells the most like glue. So if you want to get high. Because we had just done. Yeah. Because so it's like we had to do the back of the door. Like, so we had the vinyl wrap on the front and then I was like, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and finish this off and put like sound tiles on the back of the door. Well, you could put, you can't put sound tiles on the back of a door or metal door with say staples. You have to Uh, use glue. So spray glue. And I did that like. Earlier in the day before the event. <laughs> I walked down there and I'm like, I was down there for like five minutes. I'm like, why do I feel like I'm getting high, man? <laughs> I feel like I'm a little off right now. I had no alcohol. Dave's oh, just, no, I take that back. I had one scotch. Right. But that was like over an hour before then. So yeah. it's clearly Dave's not Dave's just scotch. in the middle of the room. You guys want to get high? <laughs> you guys wanna, I have no idea what's going on right now. <laughs> that's it. Um, that's the code? No, that's just too fucky time. Yeah, no, and then um, we're doing the uh, the National Podcast Power Conference, uh, and I feel kind of weird going to anything with the name power uh, in the title right now. Uh, uh, um, well, 
But I'm just saying. Um, it's about podcast power. Podcast power. Uh, still wrong with a little that. weird. Still, still a weird. Uh, but that is September 23rd down in Perrysburg, Ohio, uh, which I think, if I understand correctly, is somewhere outside Columbus. Um, and so it's kind of okay. cool. We've got a lot of fun. There's like a lot of good speakers. Um, tickets are on sale. We're doing a bunch of stuff. God knows is, we're going to be buying a lot of drinks. Is there anything fun to do in Perrysburg? Like, is there a reason for me to go? The Power um, Podcast Us convention. buying all the drinks and getting <laughs> stupid. Yeah, but I have to drive all the way there. I mean, I'm, I'm sure. We I'm sure you can hey, figure something out. A, it, Kirsten just walked in, and she's driven further than that to not get laid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it moved. <laughs> All right. Well, on that <laughs> note, I think it's time to wrap up the show. I'm your host, Stephanie. I'm the color man, Big Dev. I'm just the random guy, Dave. 